This is Indie Business Podcast, episode 59. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I'm your host, mentor and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com and the hostess of the Indie Cruise Retreat and the Maker Mastermind Experience. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this episode, I'll introduce you to Dawn Fitch in Newark, New Jersey with Puka Pure and Simple. While employed as a professional graphics artist nearly 20 years ago, Dawn received a health-related diagnosis that caused her to change her life. Along with her diet, she decided to alter the types of bath and body products she used. With the encouragement of her friends, she started making products for herself, and then she set up a booth at a local show to sell them. And what do you know? The booth sold out of her products in a matter of minutes. Since at the time, Dawn had been laid off of her corporate job, it was the perfect time to dive in and see if she could birth a real business. And so she did. That was nearly 20 years ago. You can get the rest of the story in today's episode. You can find an outline with resource links and show notes for today's show at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 59. We'll talk with Dawn in a minute, but first, I want to tell you about my Maker Mastermind Live two-day event coming up in Nashville in November. If you're a maker with an emerging business, basically early in your business, or you have an idea for a business, but you don't know where to start to get the help you need to get things off the ground, then this event is for you. I'll introduce my four-part Indie Method framework, and you will have a chance to work with like-minded business owners to replace all of your general ideas with execution strategies and actual benchmarks and timetables so you can ensure forward motion as we move into the new year. You'll enjoy business critiques, collaborative idea sharing, and a chance to attend my mastermind dinner and get your own mini headshot photo session with a Nashville photographer. I hope you'll join me. The early bird expires soon. Register today at makermastermindlive.com. And now let's talk with Don Fitch of Puka Pure and Simple in Newark, New Jersey. Welcome Dawn Fitch from Puka Pure and Simple to the Indie Business Podcast. Hi, Donna Maria. Glad to be here. Very excited. I'm excited too, Dawn. So tell me, where are you uh, joining us from today? You know, we're entrepreneurs. We can kind of work from wherever. Where are you right now as we talk? And that's what I am doing. I am outside on the street, 53rd in Madison in New York City. <laughs> So I uh, hopefully you don't hear a lot of taxi cabs and trucks, but I had three meetings and there was no way I was missing this podcast. So coming to you from New York City. Wow. How about that? Well, you know, I guess that's just a testimony and such an encouraging one to all of us that really when you have your smartphone, you can do almost anything from wherever you are and get the job done, right? It's true. It's a, it's a mini computer. It can, you can do anything with your smartphone as long as you have your charger. That will take yes, you, you do need a charger. <laughs> yes, indeed. So listen, Dawn, speaking of which, you know, you started your business long before the smartphone craze. So you have really been uh, in this for a really long time. Take us back to the olden days when you first started Puka Pure and Simple and tell us your uh, story there. Sure. Um, Puka is 17 years old. I feel like a sort of a fossil, but I'm just going to say I am growing and changing and I'm excited to see where we used to be to where we are now. So I'm actually a graphic artist by trade. That's what I went to school for. But I started getting sick, um, trekking into Manhattan every day, just not feeling well and going to so many doctors who kept sending me home and saying, you know what, you're fine. There's nothing wrong. But when you don't feel good and they're telling you you're fine, you've got to make some changes. So I just started doing a lot of research about food and took out white flour, white sugar, you know, gave up pork and meat. My father was devastated. How can you give up bacon? But I let it all go. And I looked at my body products. And when I turned it over, I was like, okay, I'm a college educated woman. I can't pronounce a lot of these things. So what am I putting on my skin? So just started making simple products 
for myself and things that I could eat, sunflower, soybean, things like that. And um, just started bottling them just for me. And the graphic artist in me said, put a label on it. And my mom, when we were little, called us a pukalitas. I always tell people we have no idea what that means or why, but we were comforted when we heard it. So I wanted to put pukalita on the label. Couldn't fit it, just cut it in half and came up with puka. And I had so many things in my apartment. I was making stuff left and right because I was so excited, loving aromatherapy. And my friends were like, you have so many things in here, Dawn. Let's take it to a local festival and just see if you can sell something. I was like, eh, not really wanting to have a business, but I'm like, okay, let's, let's see. You know, I thought I would sell a couple of things, get a nice pair of shoes and I'd be happy. But uh, we went there and we sold out and it was amazing. People were buying things that I made on my stove. And I was like, how is this a business? How is this even real? But it was, and it's been 17 years. We've gotten the products into Whole Foods Market. We sell online. We've had um, three retail locations. And now we have a, a fusion of retail and workshop showroom location so it's sort of where the brand has evolved to um which we're really excited about we've been blessed with a lot of great press and done a lot of great social media and have just really worked on growing the brand and you know trying to grow my life at the same time for the past 17 years and you know I always tell people that the first book I read was Don Maria's creams and lotion book and that's how I started really getting into my recipe. So I always credit you with so many things besides getting on Twitter and other things and writing books. And, but um, just for always being such a mentor and just a guidance in my journey. So, you know, I always so appreciate you. And oh, that's sort of the book of story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, you know, and so let's go back to that moment when your friends convinced you to go to this show and you realized that you might be onto something here. At that time, did you have a full time job? And if so, you know, how did you, you know, make the transition from that to working for Puka full time? At that, and see, the, the blessing for me is that I am a graphic artist. So at that time, I had left, I was working for um, Sony Music and I left following the, you know, the dollar sign to go work for American Express designing credit cards. And then they had massive lay layoffs. So I was actually laid off when I was in the evolution of Puka. I had, you know, I had gotten laid off. I've been working on it, but I was able to do freelance design. So I was still working. So the real challenge for me came maybe a year in after we were doing festivals and realized, hey, this is a business. And I was offered a great new job. And my, you know, what I had to decide was, am I going to take this new job or am I going to just keep on going forward and trying to develop this business? So it was, that was a scary time for me because I was looking at, you know, money, consistent money, you know, benefits, everything, or, you know, to take the chance on something that I had already started doing. And at that point I decided not to take the job and to just throw myself into Puka and to see where it could go. So it was a little scary, but, um, you know, it's working out. <laughs> I say working, it's still working out. Well, and you mentioned, you know, that the last 17 years have been a combination of growing your life and growing your business. Tell us a little bit more about what you mean. Can you unpack that a little of the sure. details there for us? Sure. I, I think it, especially the first years of Puka, I was obviously 17 years younger and I was just ready. I, you know, no, not married, no children. And all I wanted to do was my business. I was excited and, you know, just everything was Puka. People started calling me Puka. I was like, my name is Dawn. But I, at that point I loved it. I was so engrossed in growing my business. And it wasn't until maybe six or seven years later when I looked up and realized like, wait a minute, life is going on, whether or not you're doing this business, you've got to have, you've got to be more, you know, well-rounded, you know, do you want a family? Do you want to get married? Are there other things in life that you want to do? And that's when I really started to see that I had to make this business work for myself, for a business, but also for my life. You know, I didn't want my life to just be my business. I wanted to be more well-rounded so that I could enjoy the business and enjoy the growth that came from it and not be so tunnel vision, you know, be able to see what things may evolve from Puka and from the business that I was sort of just shooing away because I was focused on got to sell products, got to sell products, got to do social media. And it just made me realize that my life is three-dimensional and that all had to work in this business. And I think developing more of a personal brand, which you definitely helped me to do that, has opened up uh, more one revenue streams and just more part of my regular life, you know, the things that I do, my health, 
um, you know, my family, things that I enjoy, you know, I can in- incorporate that into part of my business, which I could, like I said, is my personal brand. But that didn't, that didn't come, that realization didn't come for a couple of years of just head down and all I want to do is puka. So now I feel like I'm setting myself up for my business to be successful and my life to be successful. Don, I want to talk a little bit more about that because it's fascinating to me that um, in business today, we can have a product that is completely unrelated to who we are as a human being, but also completely related to who we are as a human being. And we can, right. we can uh, offer those products to a specific type of buyer and not just sell the product, but also somehow be selling ourselves? Well, what do you think about that? And do you recommend that other makers and handmade entrepreneurs take a similar approach? I, and, and like I, what I say is not right or wrong, it's just my opinion. I recommend that 100%. I, I really, I don't see where somebody is, especially our handmade, handmade, handmade people or our makers, they're always making something that's, to me, near or dear to them, whether it's jewelry or candles. There's a story behind it. There's a reason they're making it, whether it's just a love, a passion. And I think that is what separates us from other products, from just products, that people are interested in. Why did you start this brand? And I think there's always a point of intersection. I don't think there's anyone that just starts a business from something, I mean, especially the makers, from something that has nothing to do with them or their life or anything like that, and they just, you know, created a product just for the revenue. There's always a story behind it. And I think that's, like I said, what makes us different. And that's what actually grows our brand is sharing your story. Why do you love this product? Why did you create this product? Why do you promote this product? Even if it's something that you are evolving from, there, there's still that, that point of creation that you are tied to. There was a reason that you started this business, started making these products. And I think that's what makes us different is sharing that reason because people want to, they want to be, they want to have a connection to the brand owner. They want to know the story. They don't want to just use flat products anymore or buy flat products. They really love the maker story. So I think it's such an integral part of our journey is sharing that. And it also helps you develop your personal brand because the more people realize why you started it, what the reasoning, they want to know you more. And it sort of, it enables you to roll off and share more of your life that's not directly related to your product, but is related to you, who they now love. So it sort of opens that up, opens the door. I want want to dive even more deeply into this, you know, because it's so fascinating to me that we live in a world today where anyone can start a business. I always like to say, uh, the only thing about your business that no one can duplicate or steal is you, like you and your story. Right. so tell me what you think. You know, it makes me think about this too. I remember back in the day when our beloved, uh, you know, domestic uh, publishing uh, tycoon, Martha Stewart, um, got into a little bit of uh, trouble and she ended up incarcerated. Do you remember? Do you remember that? <laughs> I think I, I sort of remember that a little I think bit. I remember yeah. that. Okay. So listen, I mean, you know, just in case some people are, you know, don't remember or maybe weren't old enough to remember because <laughs> it was a little bit mm. ago. But Dawn, you know what it made me think about back then? I remember very distinctly thinking, oh my goodness, if we attach our names to our corporate brand so closely that our companies could go down with our own personal faults or mistakes that we make. You know, what does that say about the wisdom of this approach? And I remember uh, literally like within two or three weeks before her, um, her conviction, I had actually started changing all of my graphics for the Indie Business Network to Donna Maria's Indie Business Network. And the minute she was convicted, I changed them all back. (laughs) I remember thinking, but you know, this talk about a journey, right? Where no one knows what to do. We're all just figuring out as we go. And I just, I took them all off and it's been that way ever since. And I've never reconsidered it. And I'm glad I didn't because I think it was the right decision. But aside from that, like, do you ever think about that? Like what happens, you know, in 20 years, 30 years, whatever, when, you know, one day comes when you either, you know, Puka's awesome, but it's just not for you anymore or something else happens. Um, you know, do you ever think about it being so attached to you? It makes me think of Apple, right? Apple right. is very much attached to Steve Jobs. Now, obviously the company has continued, 
but not without some hiccups along the way. Well, what do you think of those things as we look into the future for our brands? What are your thoughts about, you know, that type of, uh, you know, branding approach and what it can mean for us in terms of having to evolve through the years? True. I, I see exactly what you mean with that. And it is a chance that we're going to, you know, I mean, something that we're a choice we're going to have to make and take. I think you can definitely decide the level of engagement. You know, I, I don't really think that it's going to evolve with as makers without your personal brand attached to it mm -hmm. somewhat. Now, mm -hmm. you, can, you can sort of decide how much you want to divulge, how much you want to be tied to the face of the business, whereas people will feel like if she's not here, the business is gone. I think you have to develop your business side, your products. These have to be great things, too. So that people, you know, will buy your brand, say, without your face on it. That, mm -hmm. you know, if you get to the point where you would like to maybe separate yourself a little bit, you have a story that lives with them. But there's also the brand has become so strong on its own that it can evolve without you. Now, it's not going to be able to withstand. I mean, if you go to jail, it's probably going to be linked. <laughs> it's going to be linked to your brand. But, I mean, just like with the whole Martha Stewart story, she came back. I mean, she jail did. was a part of her, you know, it was a part of her story. And I'm not, mm -hmm. I don't know necessarily if it made her brand stronger or not now, but I mean, there was something to her being transparent. You know, people mm -hmm. did find, you know, something that in her brand, like they really, whether it was good or bad, they were talking about her brand. And I think she's able, she's been able to bounce back nicely. So for me, I don't, I know I'm definitely going to be attached with my brand, but I want my brand to be strong enough to stand without me. You know, I mean, I if, yeah. if, if need be, like people are, are Puka-like, people like Puka products, they like the brand and what it stands for so much that if I started to fade away, they'd say, you know what, they're still good products, I still like them, I'm still going to use the products. So I, I don't believe that you can, reply, you can uh, rely 150% on just your personal story and sell something that maybe people don't love. But I think if you can figure out how to master both of them, then you can really be successful. But you definitely have to have a strong brand, strong products. Um, and, you know, you have to believe in what you're selling so that if something happens, you know, people would say, you know, they would still buy these products without your face on them. Right, right. It's so funny, too, because what Martha did when she got to jail, right, actually, was she knitted ponchos. It's like, so she just took her brand right on up into the penitentiary. <laughs> and then but after she got amazing. out... I know it is. After she got out, she wrote a book about how she helped all the women in jail exactly. have an entrepreneurial exactly. mindset. So it's like, well, it I worked love, for her. It worked for her, it right? And you just, we'd all have to figure out how to, how to make it work. And, and today, um, because we, we have our personalities to offer people and our stories to infuse into the brand, um, we have to evolve along with our customers. And that actually, uh, to me anyway, makes it a lot more fun. And I know to you, Dawn, it also makes it a lot more fun. So you mentioned a minute ago um, how Puka stands for something. Tell us exactly what it stands for and how do you interact with your customers and your prospects and your retail buyers and stores and, and actually the customers that actually come into your store and connect with you online. How do you connect what your brand stands for to how you engage with your target audience on a consistent basis. Okay. I, I think this sort of piggybacks off of the whole Martha thing. I think it's a lot about authenticity and being who you are. And I think you have to bring that into your brand. Um, you can't pretend to be Martha Stewart if you're not, because you won't be able to keep that up for a long time. And people will see that even with Martha, I think she was authentic. She went to jail. She knitted, you know what I mean? So people may not have agreed with her going to jail, but she has been authentically who she is. And I think that's a big part of your brand. For me, I started the brand because I got sick, you know, and I wanted to live a healthier lifestyle. So that authenticity is in the brand everywhere, but it still encompasses a lot of parts of me. I did go through an evolution, and I'm sorry there's a large truck going by. I did go through an evolution of um, almost getting into a, I'm a clinical wellness person. I am... And then I realized that's not me. I am just a person who has an autoimmune disease, who's trying to do a little better, who's trying to eat a little better. And when I became more authentic about who I was, it connected with people on so many different levels. So that is the Puka story. It's for those women who maybe are, are going through something, who are trying to be a little healthier. You may not be the health guru, but I also didn't want to smell like old shea butter. 
so there are fragrances, but I guess for me, they're better for you fragrances. They're paraben, they're, they're phthalate free, they're essential oil. So the brand has become me. I'm trying to be a little healthier. I'm creating products that'll help you be a little healthier. I still want them to smell good. I am not a wellness person that's going to sit here and tell you what your life needs to be about. I enjoy things that are fun. So I put those things into the brand and it's not hard because they're authentically me. And I think once you are authentic about your brand, it's going to reach people that feel the same way. It's not, and, and people are going to read that you are just being yourself and you're being honest and they're either going to, you know, take to it or they're not. But I think when you try to be something that you're not or your brand isn't, it's going to be hard to maintain that. And people are going to be able to poke holes in that. And it's going to show on your branding and in your sales. And then you're going to be frustrated and you're not going to want to do it. The reason I love Puka is because I can still have fun. I can still be on a podcast and tell silly jokes because that's me. But I mean, I can still, you know, fall off the wagon and have some bread that's not gluten-free because I'm just trying. Whereas if I present myself as a health and wellness person, somebody sees me eating some, you know, an ice cream sundae, they're like, well, look at her. So I think being authentic will help you to grow your brand and will make being a business owner a lot more fun because it is connected to you. When I, we actually just did a rebrand and I started putting turmeric and ginger essential oils into some of the products because for a woman with MS, that's great for inflammation, you know, and it's great for the skin inside and outside. So, and I have started eating ginger and turmeric. I'm so obsessed with ginger and turmeric. So I put them in the products. So, and I'm, I can authentically speak about it. I'm not, like I said, a wellness nutrition, but I do this for myself. I like it. I think it'll work for you. So I think being authentic in who you are, no matter what that looks like, is going to do a lot more for your brand and to find your target customer and to represent yourself in, uh, with larger, um, you know, corporations or, or, you know, that you would want to be, have your product sold in, retailers, I'm sorry, that you'd want to have your product sold in if you are being authentically who you are. And the Puka brand is fun because I it try to have fun, fun and infuse, <laughs> I try to infuse well, some laughter into everything. <laughs> well, you do that naturally, Dawn, you know, and just the word Puka is fun. It's like Puka, you know, how could that not be fun? It just <laughs> sounds fun. It sounds lighthearted. Now you mentioned your rebrand. Tell us a little bit about why you did that and what were the steps you took to make that happen? Sure. Um, as I said, the brand is 17 years old and I'm a graphic artist. So I designed the first, round of packaging. And I definitely suffered from the, I'm an entrepreneur, I can do it all. And I was so excited at the beginning because, oh, I have a degree in graphic design. This is going to really help me. I can do the website. I can do postcards. I can do, I can do, I can do. And it has really turned into, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do that. And I wasn't doing the best job because at this point I was so overwhelmed with doing so many things. It was just another job. So as, as entrepreneurs, we have to realize there gets to a point when you have to pass off the things that either you're not good at or that it would make more sense to have someone else do. So we decided to rebrand the packaging because it was old. It was a little more whimsical. We wanted to evolve. We, we, there were other places where we wanted to see the brand and there were some technical problems. People couldn't get the lid off. People couldn't read the, the names. You know, it didn't read on the side so that when we wanted to stack it into Whole Foods, the labeling was on the top. So they're like, well, people can't even see what this is. So there were technical problems with the brand as far as being able to put it on a shelf that we had to address. And the branding was a little bit more um, whimsical. It was a little more, you know, old school whimsical. We wanted it to be a little more sleek, a little more um, clean, sleek, and simple. So um, we decided we were going to repackage and I said, oh, okay, I'll do it. And everybody's like, um, yeah, Dawn, no. I was so close to it that I actually did make an attempt at it. And it was really the same logo with maybe a different color. I was so close that I couldn't even make the change. So I had to invest in a graphic design firm and let them mm -hmm. redo my logo. And the logo had to be tweaked because it didn't read well. It didn't print well, but we didn't want to change it so much that people said, this is not even the same Puka logo. So mm -hmm. they did such a great job because they know what they're doing of changing my logo subtly so that it reads well, but people still know that it, that it was Puka. That's something I wouldn't have been able to do. And then they designed all new packaging for us because I knew I wanted to start infusing some new ingredients. Like I said, the ginger, the turmeric. And I knew at year 17, I had to make a change and just put some new energy behind the brand. I felt like the old lady on the, you know, on the block. So I think but, that know, one, combination one thing of... That's so no, go ahead. No, no, no. 
good. <laughs> well, I just love that you, I mean, you, what your story shows is, and I'm speaking specifically to our newbie listeners, our brand new entrepreneurs for a moment. Your story shows the, the power of building a sustainable business over time by starting with what you right. have. Like you right. had a talent as a graphics artist. So it right. wasn't the best la label, but it was a label. Right. And so right. for people listening, like you have some sort of talent that you can bring to the table. Maybe you know how to do video well. Maybe you know how to design code. Maybe you're really good with Facebook ads or you've got to be good at something that you can bring to the table that can give your business an advantage that you would not otherwise have. And exactly. You, mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you have several of those, but obviously one of them is being a trained graphics artist. Like, like how many of us would not love that? Um, I can't do a single piece of artwork for my business, not a single one, because I'm so bad at it. Um, and it cost me a lot of money. It cost me a ton of money to have someone else do that. But I, I don't have a choice, obviously, graphics are what are what send our message out there. So, so Don, tell us, like, what was your rebranding launch process, like your relaunch process? I know a lot of times we hear from uh, companies and makers, and they're, they're redoing everything. And they're like, okay, well, I'm going to launch the new website on December the 1st, but like, what do I do in the meantime? When do I tell people? Do I, when, when do I let them know? When do I change my avatars everywhere? Did you have a strategy for that or a, a, a calendar for that? And if so, how did you approach that? It was a very loose calendar. Actually, the logo, um, the, re the, the new logo that we did, we quietly, subtly changed that because we didn't want to bring a whole bunch of new attention um, I sent it out to a core, sort of like a focus group, and they liked it. They didn't really see that it was, you know, I sent it to them without showing them the old logo. So they instantly knew. They're like, oh, no, it looks nice. They couldn't tell what I changed, but they knew it was changed. So, therefore, I didn't think I needed to make a whole big announcement. And I knew I was going to be doing a rebranding. So I was like, you know what, I'm not going to make it about the logo. So the first step was just tweaking the logo and getting that done. Now, I had already started with these new recipes, which is, like I said, part of why I wanted to do the rebrand. So once I had finished the recipes, um, I worked with the same design team. I sat down. I told them we, you know, we had maybe three months of meetings about the direction, the colors, how to print the labels, how to actually find the jars and the packaging. It was such a process. I had a big end goal. I think I started in June. I knew I was going to start with them in June, and I wanted to do the website by September. But I hit a lot of technical problems because I did not, I am where I'm good in graphics, project management, not so good. So where, you know, you feel like, oh, well, I couldn't get a lot of graphics done. Project management <laughs> was not my strong suit because okay. I learned so many things by baptism by fire. But we started right. out meeting with the team, getting where we wanted to go. And then I realized, okay, so even once we have these logos, uh, once we have the jars picked out, then we're going to take that to the team. And then they're going to do the, the new packaging. So we're going to work on that. But then we're also going to have to have a photographer take new pictures. And we're going to have to redo the whole website. So then it's, it's my whole thing of, oh, we're going to rebrand turned into, oh, my goodness, this is so massive. So I would suggest taking one piece at a time and working the whole thing through. If you're going to rebrand something, you're going to realize you're going to have to have new pictures. You're going to have to update it on the website. You're going to have to decide if you're changing the price. You're going to have to let people know what the difference is. What is the strategy? So we did a lot of coming soon. And we also broke it down by product. You know, we started with the oils first. And then we started with the new perfumes. We didn't just rebrand the whole line and put the whole thing out there. So we broke it down into pieces um, of when we would do products, you know, one at a time. And we did little videos and we told people what the difference was and why they're going to love it. And this is the new look. We did some sales on the old things. You know, we're, we're clearing out the old stuff and we're having a big clearance sale. So people were able to stock up on the old products. Um, so we did sort of do a timeline. But as I said, I worked it out after. I didn't have a, I didn't realize the project management part of this. We worked it out as we went along. But that's what I, I would think the biggest thing for anybody when you're rebranding is work the whole process through. From when you start your conception of the new things, what's going to be new? Is there going to be new pricing? Do you have to do new, um, uh, new imaging? Uh, you have to do a new website? So write all those things down and then actually put a timeline to it. We were really blessed that we actually got through everything by September. So the website is up and the products are new and 
you know, the photographer worked with us and we got all the pieces done and we got it done by September. And now we're going to do a rebrand party in the end, the end of October, the beginning of November to launch the whole thing. People have been buying the products already and, you know, but we want to do an official, we are rebranded. That's when we'll do the press release and, you know, we'll let people know and do a big party behind it. But so um, it's, it sounds like you spread everything out over a period of time so that you did. didn't have to have everything written down so much as you had to just keep moving in the general direction of yes. making the changes and rolling them out as it felt natural in terms of your engagement with your customers. Exactly. And one step opened up the door to what the next step should be. Like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. now we need to do it. Not the easiest way to do it, but sometimes as right. entrepreneurs, we don't have a team of 20. We don't right. have a design team on staff and this team on staff. So sometimes you just have to go with your gut, trust right. the process, and do what right. the next thing, next logical step is. And don't beat yourself up about it. You know, yeah. afterwards, I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh, that was done so horribly. Because most of the time, you're, the people, you know, your customers don't see the struggle that you're going through behind it, you know, behind right. the scenes. Uh, you know, they just see some brand new products like, oh, that's nice. You know, and meanwhile, we're, we're falling apart. We're beating ourselves up in the back, you know, and I think that's something that we have to stop doing. We're smaller teams. Usually it's two or three of us, you know, versus a whole corporate, you know, structure that are putting, you know, uh, project managing all new projects. So we have to be a little easier on ourselves. And the way we project manage may not be exactly the way a corporation with support staff and you know everything else is able to project manage. So we get through it the best way we can. Well, and that's one of the things that makes small business ownership so great, actually, is that, um, you know, it, it's messy, but you're executing and you're shipping something every day. You are doing something right. amazing every single day. And right. to me, that, that builds into our lives personally as well. So the better you move forward in your business, even though it's messy, the better you move forward in your life. I, I love that. So Dawn, you've mentioned like so many different areas that the rebranding involved and the, the three or four that stick out to me are website design, product photography, uh, relabeling or, or logo design, um, and a, a couple of other things. So would you, would you care to share any of the resources? Oh, the labels that like who prints the labels. Can you share any of the resources that you've sure. used that you might recommend to others? Our design company was called the Artaholics, A-R-T. O-H-O-L-I-K-S. And I will give you all the information, Donna Maria, so that you can put it in the link. They're a Jersey-based team. Love these guys. They redid my logo, and they redid all of the packaging. and awesome. Our labels. And it really gave us a professional look that I would not have been able to get myself. I was so close mm-hmm. to it, I just wouldn't have been able to do it. So mm-hmm. I see now, and, and for me, it just gave me fresh new life. I see, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm almost in, I'm in love with my business again. So I'm falling in love with my business again. Uh, I get all of my labels done. I have a, a great um, relationship with Lightning Labels. So the design team was able to work right with Lightning Labels, and I got everything printed to them. I love the way they print. Um, I, I love their pricing. So Lightning Labels, I've been using them, even from the, the old Puka labels. I've been using them for everything. Um, so those guys I like. Um, containers and packaging amazing for all my jars and bottles um they do well for me and and i suggest that people like you see the prices there but if you call and you set up an account you can get wholesale pricing because what you see on the website is retail pricing for containers and packaging so you have to call set up an account get an account executive tell them you know Mm -hmm. your company that you're going to start purchasing and you'll get you know the wholesale prices which really make a big difference and their shipping is low as well um excellent that's yeah, those are the, like my top three resources that I use. That's my design team, my labels, and the actual bottles and packaging. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing those resources. Now, Dawn, you have another resource that you use almost better than anyone that I've ever seen ever on the internet, and that is social media. Um, you've, you've written a book on the topic <laughs> But Dawn, I mean, here's what I want to ask you. And we could talk forever about social media. So I'm going to discipline myself and narrow it down to one or two specific questions. The first one, Dawn, is video. Like, what is your video strategy for social media? You are, in particular, as I see, on uh, Instagram with video. And you may be elsewhere, too. Tell us if you are. But I see you there a lot. Do you have a strategy? Is it like 
once every 36 hours, I'm going to do a video about this. And then once every 72 hours, I'm going to do one on my products. I mean, do, do you parse this out according to a schedule or, or do you do what you do with your product management self and just kind of just do it? I, and you know what? I'm sort of just the do it. When I, when I have some content, I'm like, oh, this will be great. I've learned where to put things. And you've helped me with that. I've learned, oh, okay, I just made a video. Is this going to be on the Dawn Fitch brand? Is this going to be on the Pookagram? Is this short for Instagram? Or is this a YouTube thing? Um, I had gone through a, a period of vlogging, which I hope to get back to. Because I do have a YouTube channel. I have a personal Dawn Fitch channel. And then I have a Pooka Pure and Simple channel. So I get people that do... Um, you know, if they do reviews for us, I throw those up there. If we get any press, I put those in there. But for my personal things, I am learning now to do to keep my fun personal side on my Dawn Fitch official side. So I separate that out. That's my personal brand. I try to do a lot more smaller things, you know, one-minute videos on my Puka website, for, especially for Instagram. I'll use Boomerang. So just some cute little things. Just so even on your Instagram page, you have some movement. You know, so I'll use Boomerang. I'll use short videos. Insta stories, I love, and people love them. So it gives you a chance to do video. People get to see behind the scenes, day in the life. I can't say that I necessarily have a schedule, but I do try to post something on both sides at least once a week. Um, video is, you know, people love video. Yeah, they there's, do. There's just, yeah, they do. They, it's interactive. They can see it. It's, it feels more real to them. It's, it's three-dimensional. So I try to make sure that I include some sort of video at least once a week. And I want people to understand, like, it doesn't have to be a major production. As you said, with our smartphones, I mean, you're able to capture some great video. Just give people a snippet of whether it's going to be your personal life and you're, on, you're developing your personal brand, something there, or even your business, a behind-the-scenes look. People love that. Or even just maybe instructional, people using your product, people wearing your product. It could be a boomerang if you're a jewelry maker or somebody just – taking the necklace, putting it on their neck. All that counts as video. So I think you have to be creative. I do think if you're not really a social media video, per video person, you may need to put yourself on a stricter schedule. Once a week, I will do something. For me, it does come a little easier because I enjoy it. So therefore, I'm not as strict with the scheduling. But it's so important either way that if you're not, if you don't enjoy it, then you may want to write down, you know, once a week, I'm going to do something and just try to map out 10 things. You know, 10 things that you can do on your business side. I can do a boomerang. I could do a behind the scenes. I can do something about products. You know what I mean? So that you have something that you're doing once a week and it's not such a struggle as, oh, what should I do this week? And then you can even, you know, tape a couple of little clips all in one day, have video day and get them done and then just schedule them out once a week. And what's a boomerang, Dawn? Um, boomerang is a snippet of video. So it really takes, I think it's three seconds of an action. So maybe you put in your hand out and back. And then what it does is it just loops that. So it's actually funny. People enjoy them. So then it it's like a, a quick stop video, almost like, you know, quick stop animation. And people love them. They're using them all over Instagram. Um, your Instagram, if you have an Instagram page, there is a, uh, through your smartphone, where you can actually record live video, um, record an Insta story, or you can record a boomerang. So it looks like the figure eight, if that's what, you know, if you're on your most smartphone, and you can record a small boomerang. And people love them. They're really cute, and they make a, you know, a nice addition to your page. What fun. Now, you mentioned earlier, Dawn, that you have the Puka page on Instagram and so forth, and then you have the Dawn Fitch pages and feeds on Instagram and, and maybe elsewhere as well. Tell us what yeah. the difference is and how do you, I mean, do you think it's important to have both of those and why, and what would you suggest that others do to make sure that they, um, if they do have a personal brand that they're building, which actually we all are, whether you know it or not, um, <laughs> what, what do you right. suggest that, that other people do who are just sort of just starting out with this realization? I think you definitely need to separate it. Um, you, you are the brand owner. It's your story. It's all about you creating this business. But eventually, you might want to have another business or you might want to do something else or you may sell your business. So you want to create your you side, your personal brand. The, the I'm the brand owner. I'm the creator. You may create lots of different things. You know, this is how, like I said, I can incorporate more of my own personal life. You know, this, these are the things I enjoy. This is what I eat. This is, you know, what I like to do. This is my family. They may not all fit on the business page as far as they may not fit into 
the business page as far as people would want to see that if they're trying to buy products. They want a, a peek into your life, but I like having a separate brand of Dawn Fitch. This is who I am. This digs a little deeper. So they're going to see me. They're going to see things that you would choose for them to see through your your major, your main brand. But I think starting a side brand of just, you know, your own personal brand allows them to dig a little deeper into you, allows you to separate and, like I said, be a little more three-dimensional. This is who I am on the personal side. I can be a little sillier over here. I can show you what I ate for breakfast over here. Everything is not going to fly or fit well into the Puka page. So for me, with your personal branding, Puka gives them a look of who I am. If they want to know me a little further, then they can go on to my personal brand. And with your personal brand, that's where you can develop other things. You can write about being a business owner. You can create books about being a business owner. So it can open up a whole separate revenue stream. You can talk about your experience. You can talk about, you can blog, you can podcast, you can do other things where people can see what you're doing on your main page. And if they choose to dig a little more, they can come over to your side and know you a little more. If they just want to enjoy a little bit about you and then purchase your products, then they can stay on the main Puka side. But um, if you decide in 20 years to sell your business, you have still developed a personal brand because you still have all these accomplishments and accolades of being a business owner and starting a business and being an entrepreneur, and that will live forever on your personal brand side. I, I agree. I think that is so smart of you. And I've loved watching the evolution as well, because I've been able to see it with my own eyes. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> really, really enjoying that. So Dawn, for your Puka Pure and Simple line of products, like I know you sell at PukaPureAndSimple.com. Where else do you sell your products? Like where else can I go to either put it in a shopping cart or take it off a shelf and buy it? We are in Whole Foods Market. We're not in all of them. We're working on that. But we're in um, 56 different Whole Foods stores. Um, we're also at our showroom in New Jersey where you can come and you can take workshops and you can pick up some products and some smaller loca uh, retailers that are on our website in different areas. But we're also looking with our new packaging to get into some brand new um, retail locations. So look for that mm -hmm. coming soon. But for okay, now, the biggest awesome. place is our Whole Foods and our website. That's so exciting. Tell us about your showroom. The showroom is amazing. It's a fusion of our, we've had three retail locations and retail is hard, especially when you're trying to do retail and you're trying to do wholesale. And a big part of Puka is our workshop. So we like people to come in and learn how to make their own products and be interactive. And we teach them a little bit about natural health. Um, they learn how to make their own nail polish or their own sugar body polishes. And in the retail locations, it's hard to do that. In the workshop, and when we just had the warehouses, it was a little easier for us to do workshops there. So right now we're in a fusion of, we have a beautiful showroom, but we also have a nice workspace area where people can come in, they can do their DIY, they can pick up products and we can ship. So this is probably the best place for us out of all of the places that we've tried. It's a nice sort of merging of everything that we've been able to do. And Dawn, you also are doing this in the retail location and the showroom space in conjunction with two other Indie Business Network members. Can you tell us how that's working out and how that collaboration came about? Amazing. Um, I met uh, the two other ones are Naya Beauty, uh, LaShonda Tyree, and Scarlett Roquefort from Wonder Curl. And we all came to this beautiful new space together and we realized, you know what? We're in the same business. We're women business owners. We're supportive of each other. Let's just get one big space together and we can share resources. We can share um, supplies. So it has been the most amazing venture. I have a bigger space than I've ever had and I'm only I'm paying a third of what I would have paid somewhere else. Um, we co-op on ingredients. If you can collaborate with other people, mm -hmm. it can really be such a great experience. Um, and we're able to... It's, funny because LaShonda is mainly doing soap and workshops. Scarlett does hair care and I do mainly body. So we're able to, you know, to help each other, to support each other. We cross sell each other's products. We market each other. We do small business Saturday together. So I think it's, it's marketing, it's retail, it's wholesale times three. And it's just not being in it alone. Just psychologically really helps you. I have teammates. I have a, you know, I have a staff. This, these are my, you know, corporate coworkers. So it makes such a big difference. If you can find someone close to you, 
to collaborate with, even if it's not in a space, but maybe it's a co-op and how you buy products. Maybe it's a mastermind group. Um, it just helps to not be alone in the journey. It does because it can be so isolating, particularly when you uh, work from home, which so many makers and handmade entrepreneurs do. Okay, Dawn, so I know you're standing on the corner there in New York City, and we need, we need to, at some point, <laughs> at some point, I have to let you go, but it's so hard for me. So I hope you'll have some sympathy there. I have one more question, Dawn, and that is, sure. where, how can we find out more about this relaunch party? Because we want to party with Puka. When is it? Where is it? And where's the information we need to find out more? Okay, the information will be on the website. We are firming up the, t it's going to be at our new location. So it'll be at our location. It's going to be in one of the big party rooms. We are going to really do it up. We've done a lot of parties in the past, but this is going to be an official 17-year relaunch party. So we're going to have catering and we're going to have food and we're really making this a big event. We are firming up all those details. It will be the first week in November in New Jersey, but don't worry because you're going to see Facebook ads. You're going to get our newsletter. It's going to be everywhere. Everybody will know about how to come and share this relaunch with us because it's definitely a community, community event. And it's just what Puka is. We want to have fun and we want to just, you know, be thankful and grateful to all the people that have stayed with us for 17 years. So if you're in the area or if you're going to be in the area or if you want to make a special trip to the area, because let me tell you, being with Dawn, it's worth the special trip. <laughs> you can go to pukapureandsimple.com online, sign up for Dawn's newsletter, and uh, you'll find out then. You can also follow <laughs> her on Instagram, and you can watch her boomerang the heck out of her upcoming relaunch party. You'll <laughs> be able to learn all about it there. Dawn, you have a couple of handles on Instagram. Tell us what they are yes. so we can make sure we follow the right ones. Okay, we have two. Pukalita, P-O-O-K-A-L-I-T-A. -O -O That's for uh, Puka Pure and Simple for the company. For my personal one is Dawn Fitch Official on Instagram and Twitter. For both of those things, it's the same thing on Twitter, Pukalita and Dawn Fitch Official. Um, for Facebook, it's Puka Pure and Simple. So you'll be able to get a lot of the information there. And we've just started, which I'm a little late, but we just started a uh, Facebook group so that the community can start talking. So please go and join our Facebook group. We have our Facebook fan page, and now we have the Puka Pure and Simple group. So we just actually launched that this week. So please go and share and, you know, come and join on there as well. You need and some puka in a, your life, everyone. You, you do. You need some puka you in your life. You really, really do. Now, you were about to tell us somewhere else where you are, so let me not cut Pinterest. you off on that. No, no, no. Pinterest. That's okay. We're puka okay. on Pinterest as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So you're just every daggone where. That's just where, what's <laughs> happening trying. here. Um, well, let me ask you while we're on the topic. You're also on YouTube. Are you on Snapchat too? I was a Snapchatter, and then I just ran right over to Insta Stories and left them. Sorry, Snapchat. <laughs> I was a, <laughs> I Snapchat a Snapchatter for a I don't second. use it as much. Yeah. Well, it's so funny, it's too. I was, too. I have several colleagues that were like, oh, it's so easy, and I'm just... I just never could get into it. And I remember my daughter no. was looking over my shoulder one day while I was on Instagram. I'm sorry, I was on Facebook, and she said to me, uh, she was watching me for a little while, and then she said, oh, I get it. Um, Facebook is like Snapchat for old people. <laughs> and I kind of, you know, I thought about disowning her and throwing her out. But um, <laughs> at the same time, it just occurred to me, like, it's so interesting to hear how younger, pe younger people yeah. embrace different social media and what they think of it. So I, I learned yeah. from, from what she was saying. But Snapchat just never <laughs> made, um, you know, it just never seemed to make a dent for no. me or to me. Um, Instagram yeah. seems so much more powerful. But um, anyway, I know everyone's different. And uh, for people who are using Snapchat successfully, when you are on my show, we're going to drill down and ask you about that as well, because it can work. So, um, you know, what you what you work works, right, Dawn? So whatever right. you choose, as long as you work it, right. it's, it's going to work for you. And if it doesn't, you can just, you know, meander on over and try something else. But we all have this... Um, trial and error component to our businesses right down that we have to become comfortable with you have to find something that works and you and mm -hmm. you have to enjoy that medium because you're going to be doing it a lot and if you don't enjoy it it becomes work you're not going to want to do it and you're not going to stay committed to it so at right. least pick you know one or two and just you know, whatever one works for you but be strong in those you know don't try to do everything because then they'll just 
you won't do any of them well. So pick the right. one or and two that you're like, hey, this works for me. Yeah, you'll hate I'm your sorry. life, too, while you're at it. Exactly, um, exactly. <laughs> we don't want that for anyone. We don't want um, that. Especially especially not for ourselves. But anyway, um, Dawn, this has been so great. And as I said, I could talk to you forever. And sometimes I try to, as you know, uh, Puka pure and simple.com everyone also Dawn Fitch official, take your pick or choose both. They're fun. They're exciting. And you can learn a lot and get some great products while you're at it. So Dawn, we're going to be looking for the boomerangs on the party so we can tell everyone about <laughs> okay. it. And uh, thank you so much for joining us from the streets of New York City today here on the Indie Business Podcast. It's been great to thank have you. Thank you, Donna Maria. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Dawn Fitch of Puka Pure and Simple. Let's review some of the tips Dawn shared in this episode. Number one, Don't stress out over your weaknesses. Dawn said that her rebrand launch was not planned to a T with calendars and daily and hourly tasks. Project management is not her strength. So she rolled out her new brand slowly over time and didn't stress herself out. So she could focus on what she was really good at, which is engaging her customers and having a good time. Number two, inject your personal brand into your business brand. Dawn says that making sure her customers enjoy a bit of the real her as a part of their product buying experience has served her well. She's careful to keep the brand separate, but the benefits of maintaining both of them far outweigh any of the potential drawbacks. And number three, use video snippets to tell your brand story. Dawn suggested a few easy to use video tools that turn your smartphone into a storytelling machine. Schedule them if you need to, but make sure you have some kind of system in place for using video to connect with the people who are most likely to purchase your products. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone you know and help spread the word. Indie Business Podcast is all about you and the indie business revolution because you are breaking the mold of traditional entrepreneurship and creating success on your own terms. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. You can catch every episode via iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast streaming app. And of course, you can always find each episode and the entire audio for everyone at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash podcast archive. And if you're listening on iTunes, won't you take a moment and do me the honor of rating this podcast? It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and stories featured on this podcast. You can also share episodes from our blog at IndieBusinessNetwork.com to your favorite social media outlets. I will see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.